0: Netflix added 6 million new subscribers in Q2 2023, a big improvement from the 1 million loss in Q2 2022. But was the gain due to the introduction of paid sharing? Listen on to find out. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is July 20th, 2023. With Netflix's Q2 2023 results, we get our first look at the impact of the company's paid sharing measures. But the picture is complicated by the introduction late last year of the cheaper ad-supported plan. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at how big an impact paid sharing really had on those numbers. But first... Are you using the trackers feature on the EndScreen Media website? As you listen to this week's podcast, you might want to open up the Netflix tracker and check out the details of the company's performance as I discuss it. It'll probably help you understand the numbers a little better. To do so, just go to the EndScreen Media website, click the trackers menu item, and select Netflix. While there, check out the other trackers covering Roku, Disney, Comcast and much, much more. And we're just adding a tracker for VR and AR headsets. It's the fastest way to get up to speed on the topics that matter in our industry. So make sure you check out trackers. And if you'd like to sponsor the trackers feature, send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com. Now back to the podcast. Compared to the second quarter of 2022, Netflix performed better in the quarter just ended. The company added 5.9 million new paying subscribers worldwide in Q2 2023 to reach 238.4 million. It has added almost 18 million over the last year. So that's pretty good growth. And by the way, the 5.9 million beat estimates from the street and beat its own estimates. So uh, that's that's really great performance. The two biggest regions where paid sharing was introduced were EMEA, that's Europe, Middle East and Africa, and UCAN, which is United States and Canada. EMEA added 2.5 million subscribers in the quarter and UCAN added 1.2 million. So global subscribers grew 3% in the quarter and UCAN and EMEA grew about the same, about 3%, 2 or 3%. How does this compare with Q2 2022? Worldwide subscribers fell by about a half a percent, with Amir down 2% and UCAN down 1%. So you can see that Netflix has done considerably better in this quarter than it did one year ago. But did paid sharing caused this surge in subscribers well as i said in my piece from january of this this year netflix prepared well for the introduction of paid paid sharing adding the cheaper ad tier gave borrowers easier entry into paid membership And the ability to transfer viewing behaviors to a new account was also very helpful. And in fact, it was something that I actually used myself for one of my family members. I transferred their viewership to their new account. That said, it could be argued that some of the 5.9 million gain actually came from people who would have subscribed to the ad tier on its own because they got this much better price. However, in the Q2 2023 earnings call, co-CEO Craig Peters said the number of people on the ad tier remains relatively small. So it looks like most of the 5.9 million gain actually came from paid sharing and most of those appear to have signed up for the ad free tier, not the ad supported tier. Now, that could change, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So, since Netflix lost subs in Q2 Q2 2022, I think it's fair to say paid sharing caused a surge of something like 5 million new subscribers uh, in those new gains in the quarter. So, I think paid sharing, in some respects, has paid off, but... How big an impression has that made in the size of the problem? Well, assuming all the gain came from paid sharing, how did Netflix do in its goal of getting the people who were sharing to start paying? Well, the company stated that globally, 100 million households are using, quote, credentials borrowed from somewhere else to access the service. And actually, they said in today's earnings call that about 80% of members are now covered by paid sharing. So they're living in a region where they've already rolled out paid sharing. And by the way, they said that they were rolling out to the rest of the world, pretty much the rest of the world, on Wednesday of this week. So 5.9 million of 80 million, that's 80% of the 100 million, that works out to about 7%. So... What this says is they have so far captured 7% of the people who face paid sharing. However, it's very early days, according to Craig Peters. Here's what he said in the earnings call. It's not an overnight thing because in part, The interventions are applied gradually and in part because some borrowers won't immediately sign up for their own account. They will do so next month or three months or six months or maybe even longer down the line as we launch a title that they are particularly interested in. And I think Mr. Peters is right. The people that conferred it converted first were the most engaged account borrowers. These were the people who were using it a lot, but they were just borrowing an account from somebody else in so doing. And they, by using it a lot, they're really proving that they see a lot of value in the service. So losing it is a big loss. These people are pretty much an easy sale. And that's probably all of the folks that Netflix got in this first tranche this first group of people that converted from borrowing into paying subscribers and the truth is the rest will be one over one show at a time so it's really going to be very dependent on that continued flow of great content that really engage people get the social buzz and pull people back into the service Now, one interesting question is I'm expecting that paid sharing will actually be a big revenue windfall. So has Netflix begun to see this? Well, Netflix stands to benefit from two new revenue streams due to paid streaming. The first is the growth in subscribers. And the second is from people paying for another family member. In the US, it costs $8 a month per extra household, which I thought was a pretty high amount to charge. Uh, So did the company see a big spike in revenue due to the 5.0 million new subscribers and an unknown number of paid sharing plans? Well, no, it did not. Revenue was flat from Q1 2023 and only up 2.8% from Q2 2022. Moreover, the average revenue per member, which Netflix calls ARM, continues to drop slightly. Overall, it fell 2% quarter over quarter and is down 5% since Q2 2022. Now, the company said that since paid sharing was introduced late in the quarter, it didn't see much benefit from the revenue. But I think this is a bit of an odd statement particularly because Netflix doesn't offer a free trial anymore. So anybody that signs up has to pay and what's more, they have to pay in advance for the month they're about to use. So if they introduced it in May and people joined in May, they theoretically would have seen two payments. One when they joined and one at the end of May for June. So I really kind of don't understand that statement. I think they would have seen a benefit, but they did not. For example, in UCAN, US and Canada, revenue fell about 9 million despite adding 1.2 million new paying customers. Now, if they signed up for the ad- free plan, those 1 million new paying customers would have kicked in seven million, but most of them, apparently, signed up for at least the 999 basic plan and maybe higher. So I'm kind of confused as to why Netflix is saying they didn't see any benefit from this in the quarter. Now, that said, Netflix CFO Spencer Newman is confident the revenue surge from paid sharing will come. Here's what he said. It's our primary revenue accelerator in the year and we expect that impact to build over several quarters. Uh, And indeed, one of the things he did say was that they weren't seeing any material impact from the ad tier, the ad supported tier yet. The the ad revenue really isn't flowing yet at Netflix. I think there are some clouds on the paid sharing horizon. So the company is confident that it's going to pay off. And when I ran the numbers, I also agree that if all things go well, that Netflix should end up several billion dollars better off per year because of paid sharing agreements. However, The most obvious problem that faces Netflix, the most immediate problem is the writers and actors strike. Netflix is right at the center of this. They are the ones that began to change the way the deals were done with the content creators, which therefore had a ripple effect on the the actors and the writers. And Netflix relies on new popular programming to help it recapture the account borrowers that have sat on their hands so far. So those people that have been kicked off because of the paid sharing plans, but have not decided they really want to pay for Netflix yet. If the strike drags on, the flow of new US content should dry up sometime in the new year for the company. And I'm... I'm frankly, I'm not sure that content produced outside of the U.S. will be able to fill the gap. Probably not in the U.S. and maybe not elsewhere because U.S. content remains very, very popular in the rest of the world. So I have a feeling that it is still a big differentiator for uh, Netflix users around the world. On the strike, co-CEO Ted Sarandos was asked directly about this. However, he was pretty tight-lipped. He did try to strike a sympathetic note, saying that he grew up in a union household. But he went on to say, there are a handful of complicated issues. We're super committed to getting an agreement as soon as possible, one that is equitable, and one that enables the industry and everybody in it to move forward into the future. Unfortunately, listening to SAG-AFTRA president, Fran Drescher, it really sounds like the two sides are still very far apart and it doesn't feel like that there's any agreement in the offing. So unless something changes pretty dramatically, it could be very difficult in the new year for Netflix and by the way, for every SFOD provider. And In fact, I actually wrote a piece on this yesterday if you want to check that out at the end screen media website. Another problem is that the cost of watching Netflix ad-free has jumped dramatically. As I mentioned earlier in the piece, the company has decided to eliminate its lowest priced ad-free tier. That tier, called the basic tier, costs $9.99 a month, just $3 more monthly than the ad tier. From now on, New Netflix subscribers must pay $8.50 more per month to watch ad-free because they need to sign up for the standard plan, which is $15.50 a month. And by the way, that $8.50 difference between the ad-free and the ad-supported tiers is the highest price difference in the industry by far. Now, Greg Peters, co-CEO, he brushed over this issue saying more subscribers will opt for the ad supported plan under these circumstances. However, it could be that many prospective subscribers looking for a premium ad free experience might not subscribe at all. I know that um, it was a big deterrent to me when figuring out what to do with some of my relatives. It's a very, very big difference that 8.50 a month. What have we learned? Well, it looks like quite a few, five, five or six million of the folks that were actually borrowing passwords have followed through and subscribed to Netflix, at one of its tiers. And Netflix isn't seeing any financial benefit from them as yet, but he's confident that that will come. And it's also confident that it will be able to win over more of the ones that weren't fully engaged with new great content. However, we'll have to see if that writers as an actor strike derails that and the whole S. escorting industry in 2024. This has been Colin Dixon with N-Screen Media and we'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of end-screen media, all rights reserved.